my gosh. Welcome to season three. We made it. After the longest delay in this podcast's relatively short history, here we are. <laughs> to this point, each season of this podcast has had a distinctly different flavor and feel. It's part of the beauty of having creative control over my own podcast. I get to experiment however I want and follow whatever feels fun. So this season and probably next season, but you know, that could all change, are going to be focused around the theme of your flavor of nerd or YFON as I abbreviated it in the episode title. This concept came from a conversation with my friend Katie a few months back when I was at yet another creative turning point in developing what this podcast is. She pointed out that what I really like doing is interviewing people about the things that make their eyes light up, which then got me thinking more and more about my people, their hobbies, and boom, there it was. I was laying in bed trying to quiet my mind to go to sleep and the title and episode concept hit me. Sometimes I lay there and I'm like, ah, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I'll remember it in the morning, which I usually never do for the record. But this time I actually reached over and grabbed my phone and wrote it down. And now here we are. So what you are about to experience in the upcoming episodes is pure nerd beauty in all all of its forms, shapes, sizes, sounds, and flavors. These conversations start with an example of the flavor of nerd we're about to dive into and then blossom into these free-flowing and awe-inspiring discussions from there. I can't even fully tell you how excited I am to release these episodes to you. So, without further ado, I present Season 3, Episode 1, a discussion on the beautiful subtlety of electric guitar tone with my friend and co-host of the Parks and Rewatch podcast, Joe Patterson. Hey, I am Joe Patterson, and I am Joey's co-host on our <laughs> other podcast. Yes! Uh, so it's interesting to be in this context, but... In this context, I am a professional guitarist and traveling musician. I play for a uh, country artist here in central Nebraska named Luke Mills. That's pretty legit. Okay, what's your flavor of nerd you want to talk about? Oh, gosh. Basically, I think just guitar tones and getting the sounds that I want to get probably specifically in a live environment because I do recording and stuff like that too, but probably the guitar sound specifically because there's a lot that goes into it, but the end result is people hear this sound and, and basically I think what it boils down to for the listener is that sounds good versus that doesn't sound good. What um, kind of words do you use to describe guitar sounds? I think it, depends on the genre basically when it comes to electric guitar tones I, I play electric guitar the band that i play for live our sound is country rock so the tones that i go for gravitate anywhere from really clean squishy compressed country sounds sort of like your uh 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, kind of a Brent Mason, Brad Paisley kind of thing to okay. more more classic rock tones, something that people familiar with ACDC or Leonard Skinner might be familiar with, to sort of just a more kind of modern and pleasing or, or pleasant, very overdriven tone. So we don't mm. want it to sound like it's metal or, or hard rock, right. but I still want to be able to do solos and get those lead lines that sound really almost vocal and flowy. I love all of these adjectives. Okay, when did you start? Why did you decide guitar is my flavor of nerd? I'm a picket. Good question. Um, <laughs> picket. Did you catch that? <laughs> I just realized it, so I figured I'd point it out. <laughs> Very nice. I started playing guitar, I think. I didn't start when I was very young. I'm kind of jealous of other artists in that sense because I didn't start playing when I was six or whatever. Right. I remember my dad had this old classical Yamaha guitar that I feel like is everybody's first guitar. Yep. It's cheap and it's got nylon strings and the tuners are terrible and the neck is <laughs> the size huge. of a baseball bat. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Oh, it is. Uh, and it sounds like absolute garbage. But he had it, and when I was four or five, I just thought that was the coolest thing, that he had that guitar. And I don't know that he ever even played very much, aside from a few basic chords. I don't really remember seeing or hearing him play, but I knew he had it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I started playing guitar probably when I was 15 or 16. Hmm. And... I was in basically just like a garage band with my friends at the time. And that's what kind of got me into electric guitar a little bit. But ultimately, I probably only played electric for three or four years at the time and never really got super serious about it. I didn't even really know how to take care of the guitars I had or what went into making them sound a certain way. And then I gravitated to acoustic guitar a little more. And then in college, I didn't really play much at all. So it wasn't until I had been married and here in gearing for a while that I got back into electric guitar specifically. And I don't remember when it happened, but it kind of happened slowly and then all at once hmm. where I realized I really love this instrument. Like I might not understand everything about it and I might be way you know, behind the curve as far as getting into it and getting good at it. But I really love this thing. So I guess this is going to be my thing now. So what year was that? When did you like decide this is going to be the thing? I'm going to say it was 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. That was when I, because I had an electric guitar that actually belongs to the church that I work at because I would play on the worship team sometimes. And so I had that to practice on and play, but it wasn't mine. Yeah. And so it was around that time that I actually bought my first electric guitar that I'd had for a while. It was a super cheap Ibanez SA120. Nice. That I immediately pulled apart and sawed into <laughs> and just went crazy on of it. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. That's where you and I are different. I'm like, it's pristine. I shouldn't touch it. And you're like, let's rip it apart. <laughs> uh -huh. 
<laughs> and that really sort of set a precedent for me where almost every guitar I have ever had, I have modified in some way. I have yeah. pulled apart, rewired. Sometimes the modifications are small, like just changing the wiring configuration. Sure. Sometimes they're like, I'm going to put on a new neck and tuners and all kinds of stuff. So I've always been a very hands-on do the work myself kind of player and I really like to understand the instruments as much as I can and that's where that kind of came from I think that's fantastic when did you realize holy crap I'm good at this uh I don't know that I have realized that um okay when did someone else outside of you realize that holy crap you're good at this Okay, so that's an easier question to answer. It was actually at church. It wasn't at a, a show or anything, but I think I played an instrumental as just like a offertory or something. And it was kind of a throwaway deal. I don't remember what I played, but it was just finger style and it was acoustic. And this guy named Terry in our church who actually was a huge part of my life came up to me after that service and he reached out and he picked up my hands and made a big deal out of looking at him. I was like, what are you doing, Terry? And he's like, I just wanted to see if your hands were made out of the same stuff as normal human hands, because that was insane. So, I mean, that was a huge compliment and I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but obviously he did. That's fantastic. Okay. What do you love most about playing guitar? Like, it's not necessarily about what other people tell you uh -huh. that you're good at or all of mm -hmm. that, but what do you lose yourself in? What do you get joy out of discovering? Two things kind of come to mind. Number one, guitar has always given me the ability to express myself musically where I otherwise couldn't. I can sing. I'm not a great singer. I am not very good at writing lyrics. So it kind of became obvious to me early on, I'm not going to be like a songwriter in yeah. that sense. But coming up with melodies, expressing myself musically that way has always come very naturally to me. I've always just kind of had this innate ability to hear what a song needs and spice it up that way. That's kind of my secret sauce, I guess. I might not be the best or most technical player, but I've always just kind of had a knack for coming up with parts that fit songs really well, even if they're not complex. Uh, there's one song I play with Luke. It's actually a cover of Kiss Me by Casey Donahue. And Luke and I were kind of talking about that song when I first joined the band and started rehearsing it with him. And he said, it needs something. It needs something cool, just something to set us apart when we cover it. And I don't know why, but my mind instantly went when I heard the song, there's, there's a banjo part that kind of plays underneath a layer or two of the song of the recorded version by okay. Casey. And I heard that and was like, I wonder if I could replicate that somehow. And banjo picking is a lot of fast motion and rolling and stuff like that. Right. And I was like, well, I, I don't know if that's the way to go, especially with electric guitar. So where I went instead was this sort of U2, the edge, dotted eighth note delay thing. And the first time I played it for Luke, he just looks at me, he goes, 
oh my gosh, we just made this song a banger. And that's still how we do Kiss Me. And it's, I think as far as Luke and I are concerned, it's one of our favorite songs to play. And it's, it tends to be a crowd favorite, I think. So that I think is what I love about it. Being able to express myself and create musical ideas in a way that I can't do with anything else. I are think you that's... set up in a way where you could play that? Yeah, yeah, I am actually. I keep forgetting we have this. <laughs> it's show and tell. Yeah, so the guitar that I have right now is my Fender Telecaster. It's not actually yes. It's not actually Fender. It's Fender adjacent. It's what we would call a parts caster and kind of a true <laughs> actually this one's new. I don't know if you've seen this one, but this one kind of represents what I do and my approach to music. So it's the body of a Squire Bullet Telecaster, which is Fender's budget yeah. brand. And then I rewired the pit guard so that the selector switch is on the opposite end that it normally is, and the volume and tone controls are switched around. That's awesome. There's a set of bare knuckle brown sugar Telecaster pickups. Mm, I like the sound this. of brown sugar. <laughs> and then this is a aftermarket Fender roasted maple neck that I put on there with Fender locking tuners. So yeah, this is what we would call a parts caster. That's fantastic. So I don't normally use this uh, one to play this song, but the effect is going to be about the same because when I play this song with a guitar that has humbuckers, I split the coils so I get that more single coil sound, which sure. is what this guitar has, single yeah. coil pickups. Describe so, the tone that you're going for. So the tone that I'm going for here does emulate the edge from U2 a lot. So it's very sparkly and there's a very prominent eighth note delay so the note comes back at you right away and i have the tempo synced to the tempo that we play the song at so when you do a delay effect like this it has to be synchronized whether you do it ahead of time or whether you do right. it with a tap tempo or else it's not going to work but it's very just kind of the edge it's very open and it comes right back at you and I have this, it's a specific patch for this song because I don't use that time delay anywhere else. And I name all my patches different things in my Line 6 HX Stomp, which is what I use to play live, create all my sounds. This patch is called Holla Back At Ya. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for my non-musical listeners, when you say patch, this is basically a set of attributes that you have put yeah on the guitar sound and then you save it so all you have to do is just recall mm -hmm. that setting right yeah so when i select this patch in the hx stomp it is digitally emulating the amplifier the speaker cabinets and the effects pedals there's so much that goes into that all it's in amazing. that little box yeah it's quite a rabbit hole uh, and it's called holla back at ya <laughs> because that's one of the nicknames that sean gives to gus in an episode of psych so i like to go with fun names like that but this is that this is that lick that i play uh, that kind of is the foundation of kiss me Keep it going under the vocals, just like. Are you palm muting? Yeah, yeah, I'm palm muting a little bit. And then for the big instrumental, I just completely open it up. But the palm muting really helps that delay kind of come to front and center. 
you're picking, are you actually going bum, 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 bum? Or are you just going uh, bum, bum? I can actually toggle that delay on and off. So this is what it sounds like without that delay. Oh, there's two notes in there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then with the delay. That is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorites for sure. How long did it take you to develop that sound? Not very long, I guess, for this specifically. But I remember hearing The Edge do that in U2 stuff and hearing some other artists do it and was like, oh, I got to figure out how to do that. Once I figured out you use a delay pedal, dotted eighth note setting, and then just set it to whatever tempo the song is at, it's not very hard to dial in. This is really cool. I haven't got to talk to you much about this <laughs> side of you, and yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, I absolutely love it. Dude, thanks for taking time to talk with me about this. Absolutely. Ah, when I get really excited, like my eyes start welling up with tears. I don't know why, but I'm just like, <laughs> dude, this is so cool. Yeah, I, I love this stuff. I love the building of tones and mm -hmm. the experimentation and stuff like that, just as much as I love playing live. Yeah, and there's so much artistry behind it and layering. And I think that's something you are really good at is like feeling the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love what you said about how you can figure out what needs to go there. Mm -hmm. That's, that is huge to me because I'm not super great at that. And so when I interact with a human that is, I have such high respect <laughs> and I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. There's a mantra that I didn't come up with it. I'm not sure who did, but it kind of floats around in the music world. It's called serve the song. And it's yeah. just the idea that more isn't better and finding what works for this song is way better than just showing off at any given time obviously dude this has been sweet <laughs> any last words you want people to know i think just that i just hope that people when they go to concerts when they listen to music i just hope that they love it for whatever reason that they love it because all this stuff going into building tones and how guitars work and different types of guitars and stuff like that. It's fantastic if that's your thing right. and you want to learn more about that. And if you want to go to a concert and appreciate what the different musicians are doing. Right. But also it's equally great just to go to a concert or listen to music just to lose yourself in the music. Right. And that's the, that's the goal. So whether I manage to impress someone or, or give someone an experience because they understand what I'm doing or whether I manage to do the same thing, give someone an experience, transport them for a little bit when they're at a show and they have no idea what's going on. I love both of those things equally. That's really cool. Either way, it's an invitation to an experience of something that's really important to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Dude, Joe, thanks. You are very welcome. This was a blast. So here we are. My awareness just grew in how to listen with more intentionality when experiencing music. 
I've been around musicians and electric guitar players for quite a while, and I've heard them geek out on their gear and tones and all, but until this conversation, I haven't actually had the opportunity to dive into it. I love opportunities to peel back the layers and figure out how things work, and that is what this entire season is about. Today's episode is made possible by so many of my people. Thanks to Lisa for the logo, to Katie for season three's concept clarity, to Joe for letting me interview you, for playing for us, and for being my friend. I love doing life with you. Now that you've got the basic idea of what season three is going to be, I would love to hear from you. What's one of your flavors of nerd? How does it show up in your life? If you're open to sharing about it and possibly being featured on the podcast, send me an email at herewearethepodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to join the Here We Are online community by following Here We Are on our Facebook page and Instagram. If you'd like to help out, please tell your friends about the podcast. If you'd like to go one step further and financially support what I'm doing with the podcast, head on over to patreon.com, search for Here We Are, the podcast, and sign up for one of the many quirky support tiers. The patron bonuses will continue to shift as my concepts for this podcast shift. So starting with season three, you'll have access to the unedited video versions of our featured nerds. Yes! So until next time, don't forget, Curiosity wins, and the world needs more nerds. Bye.